This episode was recorded live in front of a internet audience. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 61, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 205 and Captain America number 246 from March 1980. Hello and welcome to the 61st episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christados. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode, we will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. And speaking about my friends, I not only have the three friends that are with me all the time, but I also have some friends in the chat as we are recording this live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Everybody watching us live, say hello to the camera. Hello. Hello to the camera. Camera. And say hello in the chat so hello we can get your name. in the chat so we can get your name. <laughs> Stop saying hello. You don't okay. <laughs> this is what happens when we do it live. I can't edit that out. We'll see where it goes from here. But joining me, as always, is the repeating buddy of mine, Jared Elbrick, the repeating yard sale artist, a.k.a. repeating death pro. Death pro. Well, hello, uh, my good friends. Uh, Hello, folks in the chat. I've come to today's episode, our 61st episode of Crusader Chronicle. I decided to come clean about six years ago. Pat and I became friends when I became a guest on the show and never left. And then we started running this thing together. And now we both edit. We've built quite the empire. And I really just did it all to get the answers to the test that Tep keeps in his basement. (laughs) Do you know what the test is about? No, I'd have to ask Tap. Tap? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's not here right now. He's Peppy Pat. That's all. Oh, okay. Well, since Peppy Pat's here, yeah, I just like cozy right up, cozy right up to him and all that for six years, and all I just, I just wanted access to those tests, man. I got to get them grades. You know the answer is always D's nuts, mm. <laughs> <laughs> which I am eating. For those of you listening to the podcast, a bag of Hampton Farms hot nuts, hot nuts, and they are spicy. Not gonna lie, but yeah, that was my bit. Getting close to you to get the answers to test. That was all. That was, let's move oh, on. so it just wasn't about being my friend and having some fun talking about comic books and just nope. needed the answers to the tests. Mm. Well, I'm disappointed now. Uh, well, I thought I, I thought things were looking up for Pat. You know, yeah. Finally, things were starting to go my way. Mm-mm. Nope, betrayal. Just, it, it's that stupid tap luck I got. Tap luck. <sighs> well, let's go ahead and say hello to Delvin the Dark Web Williams. Hopefully he's not looking for any test answers. Absolutely not. And as a matter of fact, you know, like that jet fire that you got over your shoulder there, you know, I I procured that for you. And then I also have like procured like some Gundam stuff 
for you. And like yeah, I procure yeah. like a DJing table and everything like mm-hmm. because like it is my monument for you, Pat. I love you, man. And oh, like, wow. you know, I, you know, I really think that, you know, we should be together, you know, like, you know, friend, friendship wise, like, you know. Oh, oh, and, oh, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Like, and just hang out. And, what and is Yeah, chums. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I love you, man. That's it. I, I, I love you too, Dub. Dublin, you complete me. Well, you know. You know yeah, I, I heart so, you too. I just, want, I just want the test answers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking about having some love and test answers, why not get them both? And we can get them from the Weasel Skull, Jason Albrick. How are you today? Not too bad. The test coming after the 11 came back negative, so that's good news. And uh, yeah, so what I've been doing is hanging out with my good friend Steve Rogers. We're both broke as a joke. I'm just a lowly state worker. So, you know, hitting mm-hmm. up those yard sales Getting those 99 cent deals. Jared knows what I'm talking about. Hell I got yeah. some polyester pants from the oh, 70s, yeah. you know, bell bottoms looking good, looking sharp. Basically, if you just hold on to your clothes long enough, they'll come back around and be in fashion again. That's what I've learned. So, you know, don't be a fool. Don't shop on, you know, don't go to JCPenney's and buy a shirt for $30. Yeah, get yourself a nice $5 t shirt, $7 pair of pants. I'm literally wearing a shirt that was popular in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It comes around, man. It, it does. It definitely does. Um, you know, you got to be thrifty. Mm-hmm. That's what and you got to do. just for the record, I got you that jet fire. Don't let Delvin take credit for that jet fire. What? What? I got two. What? I got two. Uh, oh, okay. Well, those jet fires are for me because I'm building I got two because two people memorial. love me. That's why. Yeah, you got double the dose. <laughs> Who didn't get you yeah. a jet fire? <laughs> <laughs> It would be that guy. I need test answers. <laughs> That's the test. Did you or did you not get me a jet fire? So, yep, it's been uh, yard sailing, and then I've had this uh, angry dad stalking me because I work for the government or something, threatening to beat me up. So, you know, usually you got Steve with you. Steve will help you out. I think you'll get by. Well, since we are doing this live, let's say hello to some of the people in the chat. Delvin, if you could help me out. Who all is in the chat? I don't know, man. I don't write no names. <laughs> but I've seen, we've got Chola, uh, Helica Fetty Wolf. We got Jason Kane. We got MVP, Kathy Bright. They have been the main three uh, having a discussion with us so far. Uh, but I see some people who haven't commented yet who just are lurking. But either way, we still appreciate your patronage. Mark Ross. Let's not forget about Mark. Yeah, let's not uh, forget Mark's there, Mark. too. Yeah, so we, we got a few people participating in chatting, and I'm chatting back while I'm chatting with you. It's dual chat going on. Wow, that's awesome. Speaking about doing something awesome, let's go ahead and find out what is the current crusade for people in the chat. This is especially for those in the chat. So join the chat, get in there, and give us 10 words or less of what's on your current crusade right now. And maybe if we can just go sort of quickly through everybody else, if any of the other three guys want to say something that they are extremely proud of doing or a crusade that they really want to get out there while we wait for the stuff to come in from the chat. Go ahead and shout out now, guys. Nobody's allowed to talk about Nobody wants to. Hard challenge. I think Delvin's counting his fingers right now, how many words it is. Damn it. That was not a word. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I feel so defeated. <laughs> All right. Since we are buying time for people in the chat right now, I will say as much as I made fun of Delvin for the 75 hard challenge he brought up on like every podcast, it's something to be proud of, and he should be. 
I no. shouldn't be mean about it. But I invented something called the 75 Soft Challenge. I'm not making this up. I should put it online and see if anybody else wants to do it. <laughs> but 75 days. And uh, it's similar to Delvin's. It's not as tough. You have to take at least one jog or walk. I use a weight vest when I walk. Weighted walk mm-hmm. or a jog. 45 minutes each day. You need to read at least one physical comic book each day. Ooh, all right, right. And replace at least three drinks with water. Three of your non-water drinks with water. So it's similar to Delvin's. Delvin's is much harder. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, read a comic, walk 45 like minutes, have three drinks with water. And oh, also you have to read. That's why I read this. You also have to read at least 15 minutes of a, a, of book, a book without pictures. Of a novel? Of a novel. That's the 75 Soft Challenge brought to you by Jared. So mm-hmm. are you Soft Master and Delvin's Hard Master? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> What's that make, Jason? What was the other one? There's Hard Blind Soft, master. Blind Master. Master. Or Talking Master. <laughs> was that a guy? Vocal Master. We'll call him the Vocal Master. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's like, is that a real character? Oh, I see some stuff coming in the chat. I think I bought us some time. Good. Well, first off, we have Jason Keen. Hey, Jason. I'm reading through the first volume of What If? Oh, that's a cool crusade that you got going on. MVP, Kathy says, watching and reading some Sherlock Holmes for reasons. Ooh. Interesting. Mark Ross says, G.I. Joe Marvel, whole run up to 85. Ooh. Wow. Wow. And let's say Chola says, catching up on my new Warriors reading. I got behind. Very cool. Are you going to clink those together, new Warriors? (laughs) (laughs) Just had to have some new warriors laying around from the shows that Delvin and I did. Yeah. All right. Well, I think with that, we are going to get started with the show. But before we do, don't forget, not only can you join us in the live chat right now, but you can also leave us a message on our voicemail line and we just might play it on the show. And how do you do that? Well, you can leave us a message at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Now, before we get started with this episode's issues, let's take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. If you're a history lover or a musical lover, you probably know about both Hamilton and Burr's rise to power in the early stages of American history and their infamous duel. But what if you didn't know the full story? What if one of them was a werewolf? White Rocket Entertainment proudly presents a 48-page full-color comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Written by Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Art by Nate Niles. Colors by Ace Wheelie and Ken Solomon. Letters by Percival Constantine and edited by Johanna Albrecht. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Available digitally on Kindle and Comics Central. C-O-M-I-X Central. Prefer a print copy? Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, along with my other published works, are available at theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. That's theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. Or you can buy it directly from me, Creator Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, at any of my Comic-Con appearances. Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. Get your copy today. You won't regret it. Don't take my word for it. Here's what Ming Chen from AMC's TV series Comic Book Men had to say about it. I really enjoyed it. A lot of great werewolf scenes in here. A lot of great... uh, This is how I wish history would be told to kids. (laughs) (laughs) Books like Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. That's Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get started 
with the first featured comic for this episode. It is Amazing Spider-Man number 205. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of June 1988, but its on-sale date was March 11, 1980. Cover price is 40 cents. Editor is Dennis J. O'Neill. Writer is David McElhaney. Penciler is Keith Pollard. Inker is Jim Mooney. Letterer is Diana Albers. And colorist is Carl Gafford. This was reprinted in Spider-Man vs. the Black Cat trade paperback. Essential Spider-Man Volume 9 trade paperback. Marvel Masterworks Volume 268 of Spider-Man Volume 20 hardcover. And the cover credits go to artist Alan Milgram. And speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get a cover description from Jared. Yes, sir. Let's do that. The Marvel Comics Group banner is purple with black lettering in its usual canopy and collar location. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is red with black highlights with the webs providing their usual pendulog-like decoration. Spider-Man is swinging as if by scroll and chain in a corner box. The main action shows the black cat, who is quite the body dish, breaking the chandelier from its finials and it's tumbling down on Spidey. Hopefully, it does not crush his bottom ball. The cover blurb reads, At long last, the shocking secret of the black cat. Back to you, Pat. Thank you, Jared, Chand- for that. Chandelier terms? Ding, 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 ding. Uh, <laughs> I was still trying to crystallize that in my mind. But <laughs> oh, well done. I actually yeah. Googled all the terms for a chandelier, and I worked a bunch of them into the uh, cover description. Well very, done, very Delvin. What, what was the one that tipped you off? I, I did since I didn't know it, and I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm just going to assume. I'm, I'm going to assume it's chandelier because that's like one of the more prominent things on the cover. Good guess. Very good. But uh, warning to everybody later in the show for the second cover, we're going to go back to you guys doing sound effects. So Ooh, get ready for that. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts on this. And we'll start with Delvin. I don't think it's a bad cover. I'm reminded how I don't mind Al Milgram as an artist. I like him better as an anchor because anytime that like he has like primary duties on Spidey, I never think amazing Spider-Man. I think like some secondary or tertiary book for Spidey. And looking at the cover, like the Spidey was pretty good, but after that, it looked kind of rushed where like, I guess it looks like, you know, Spidey's supposed to be like, oh no, Chandelier is about to follow me. But it looks like from that angle, even though it's kind of rakish, it, it looks like the Chandelier is going to fall somewhere out in front of him and off to his right. <laughs> if I may. One of Go the biggest, it. one of the biggest things that he could have done to make the cover a little better, the white in his eye is too narrow. He needs to be wide-eyed, like oh, yeah, chandelier. Yeah, I see that. And if he added a couple, maybe Spidey sense lines, would have made it even better. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but like you know, that's a style thing. Some people for like forever like draw Spidey with the small eyes. Some like do the wide eyes to convey emotion. Where you know some artists don't like it. Like Eric Larson was huge for it. And I think McFarlane was too. I think Milgram was did more of the classic with the small one. But yeah, I do totally agree with the Spidey sense lines. Absolutely. I'm done. You're right, though, about the perspective. It looks like that chandelier is going to fall about three feet off to his right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He looks in no danger whatsoever (laughs) at all. He's, 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 you know, feeling excited or or wanting to help the cat because it looks like she's falling from it. Yeah, I bet he's feeling excited about it. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to go back on you. (laughs) 
Jason, what's your quick thoughts on the cover? I like what he tried to do with it. It's an interesting perspective. I like the webs up at the top. I think those are a little different, aren't they? With the three kind of like yeah concentric webbing. I thought that was a neat. It's little... not like the from the center at all, like that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. I like that he tried to get that perspective where you're seeing it from Spidey's point of view. It seems like Al took a lot of time on that chandelier. Delvin's right. Didn't quite hit the mark, but I like what he tried to do with it. So I'll leave it at that. Jared, what's your thoughts? Well, I barged in on Delvin's kind of gave mine already. I, I agree with the hybrid of Jason and Delvin. It's it's a fine cover. It's good. It gets the job done. Uh, it changes a couple of things. I, I, I kind of like the heavy inking on it to provide a lot of shadow with Spidey because the light source is like literally right in his face. So like the way it's colored, very yellow to the front of him to a, a sharp contrast to black in the backs. I like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's just It's no great shakes. Peeking ahead a little bit here. I was very happy to see a certain somebody did his own pencils all the way through the book. But we do see that they brought somebody else in for the cover. So this was probably like, I, I'm betting Al probably got a little bit of a rush. I bet it was like, hey, Al, we're not going to, he's not going to be able to do the cover. Can you turn one in in a week? And that's probably what he did. I see what you're, you're talking about. Uh, like everybody else said, I think this is pretty much a simple cover, rakishy angles, and we may see another one uh, in the next issue we read as well, too. But with that, let's go ahead and go with a cover rating. Just a reminder that it's a one through five rating here. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it, and one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. So let's go ahead and find out what you guys thought, and then we'll get to some thoughts and ratings from the listeners or watchers in the chat. So let's begin with Jason. One to five. I'm going to give him a three. I think it's a solid effort. Like I said, I liked the artistic angle he was going for, and even though he didn't quite nail it, I think it's uh, still a decent cover, and I'll just leave it leave it at that. Delvin. Oh, Jason. I think it's a three. Good cover. Not bad. Nothing else to say. Jared, are you in three? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a three. The only additional comment I have is the lack of detail in the ceiling kept me from understanding it at first. Very well said. It just came to me. It just came that to me. That was the smartest thing you've said all yeah. day. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> it's, I, this is a thought I put in. The th- so you were right to call yourself a repeater. In the beginning of the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be with you guys too. So come on, knock on that door. Don't get a copyright strike. <laughs> I'm about to say, can we even can we continue singing this at all? <laughs> we can until well, it may just be us singing it, but may not have any music behind it. But you know, <laughs> it's still fun. So let's go ahead and find out what some of the people in the chat thought about this one. And I think we have one from Jason Keeney says lack of detail in the ceiling kept me from understanding it at first. Jared already said that. Said oh, that. did he? I, know, I, I, know. Said that. I don't know why he just wrote down what I said. It's not like I took I, it from If anything, like, I mean, like it, it disgusts me that Jason Keene would be so unoriginal. <laughs> I mean, yes. I didn't go into the chat, take his comment and then read it as if it was my own insight. Because that would be wrong. Yeah, why no. would you do that? Who does that? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Man, I hate people that do that. <laughs> Please don't drop your uh, Patreon support, to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> With that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into the 
Story Synopsis. And that is brought to you by Delvin. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. This issue was In Love and War. In this issue of Amazing Spider-Man, several things happened where Spidey expected one thing to happen and then another unexpected thing happened instead, which is not what the definition of irony is, but I know a good song we've been when I see one. So Spidey is trying to get a jump on the black cat, figuratively, I think, by staking out a museum that has love-related items and winds up almost late for his day job as a result. Let's hope he didn't run into a traffic jam while he's already late. While at the day job as a grad assistant, Peter is tempted by one of his students, Dawn Starr, to go on a date when Dawn plants one on his lips. She clearly didn't see the no smoking sign on her cigarette break. Woohoo! It's hot. Spidey finally does catch up with the black cat, and thanks to some riding luck, she gets away again with what she came for again. Things tie in nicely as Pete's next Daily Globe-inspired gig leads him to his next encounter with Cat. But first, Pete runs into Dawn Starr at his office trying to scam some science tests. Life has a funny way of sneaking up on you when you think everything's okay. More Cat shenanigans as she robs an old dude, and while at this point Spidey feels Cat has stolen all these goods in an attempt to create a shrine for her deceased dad, an old man who turned 98. She really was stealing them to create a monument of love for Spidey as she caught a major case of the vapor, which you also might get if it rained on your wedding day. Back to you, Pat. It's like a free ride if you've already paid. Oh, I get it. Yes. I got it now. I think good advice, Pat, that you just don't take. Yeah. Who would have thought? He likes to play it safe and he's afraid to fly. Packs his suitcase, kisses kids goodbye. I'm listening to you talking all this. I mean, this is, I know this. It's like, it's some, I, I feel like it's ironic that I don't know what it is, but I think <laughs> no, I got it. No. Yep. 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 <laughs> all right, Delvin, thank you for that great synopsis. Let's go ahead and get to the brick or brack for this issue. And for those in the chat, we want to know too is it a first read or a reread? Jared, first read or reread? Uh, we're starting to enter my reread territories here. This is where my, like I told you before a few episodes ago, this is where my collection starts to mingle. 
So this would be a reread for me, but I be honest with you, I read it probably in 1998, 99. So okay. vagaries, vagaries. So I'm sorry I ruined the rainbow right off the bat. Delvin, reread. No, it's a it's a first read for me. Oh. So I mean, you know, yeah. Unlike some people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason. Not that it matters, but it's a first read for me as well. It was a first read for me as well. Can we get somebody in the chat to give us a first read? Oh man, I, like this is how Jason feels on every time we do an X Men. <laughs> it's not good. It's not a good feeling. Yeah. Chola hadn't read it. All right, Mark Chola didn't read it. Didn't read it. No. Re- All right. Ooh. Well, then we'll call it a reading rainbow for those in the chat. It's a reading <laughs> rainbow. Reading rainbow. But not for us because Jared ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> first read for Jason Keen. First read for Kathy as well, too. So, wow. It is definitely a read. <laughs> I torpedoed you. Everyone. Man. Well, let's go ahead and find out what you guys thought in some highs, lows, or what does. We'll go a couple rounds and we'll pass it around, starting with Jason. I had to question Pete's detective skills there a little bit. <laughs> I was trying to connect the dots between why he thought she was stealing those uh, lover items in memory of her father. Mm-hmm. Like, I was starting to get a little uncomfortable. <laughs> like, um, you know, what what kind of relationship did you think she had with her father there, man? This is, this is icky. Yeah. You go into a museum, a collection of erotica to get something right. for your father. <laughs> why is Peter connecting the dots like this? <laughs> All right, show us on the doll where Uncle Ben touched you, Peter. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. It just seemed like really, really, um, really strange. I, I was trying to um, trying to put that together, and I don't know. just seemed not a good part of the story. All right. I can, I can see that. I was kind of questioning, too. is like, why is she grabbing all this for? And come to find out what it was. was I had no of- questions at all. <laughs> None. But it's a reread for me, right? Yeah, exactly. You knew where I was going, probably. I didn't, you know, that it did take me for for a surprise of that it was her building it up for Spider Man. And I thought it was going to be so much more. Speaking about so much more, Jarrett, high, low, or what the? I kind of want to do a what the the Jason just did. Like, I I honestly didn't remember it a lot. I just remember I had the black cat and remember she was stealing stuff, you know, big shocker there. But all the while I was reading it, I was like, this is clearly for Peter. Like, the, I don't think the writer masked it very well that this was all for Peter or, or Spider-Man, I guess I should say. It was for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, I, I, I won't belabor that. And let me do a high. Let me just do a high. Keith Pollard did his own pencils for the whole, <laughs> for the whole book. I've been hammering him for the longest time. You know, um, again, he might have had the rug pulled out from him a bit for that 200 episode. And that was a bigger than normal. But. You know, he finally got it together, and I don't know if the art was particularly spectacular. I think it, it's very good. I think we've got Pollard doing a whole book now, but I think now we need to find the right anchor for Keith Pollard. But I do want to give him his props. This is pretty good, but I think there's a better anchor out there for him. I didn't mind the art in this. I thought it was serviceable. Um, I actually kind of really liked it, and I liked the fight scenes in it as well, too. I thought the art in the fight scenes 
Oh, it was fun. I'm not saying it was bad. I think he turned in a solid job. And 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 Jim Mooney is a great anchor. I'm I'm just saying I think there's a match. Sometimes you gotta find that perfect match, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Magley and uh, Malstead or Magley and Hannah go well together. Uh, ham cheese, uh, peanut butter jelly. Yep. Um Jim Lee, Jared Albrecht. I haven't eaten in some hours. Yeah, stop stop (laughs) talking food. I'm hungry. Oh, okay. (laughs) What about you, Pat? Am I hungry? Oh, I love <laughs> no, I was passing yeah. it to you for high lows and what this if you wanted to take a rat. <laughs> oh, I already did. I gave a little high what I liked. So let's go ahead and find out what Delvin liked. So I'll give a low slash what the, like, wasn't anything necessarily wrong with the story, but I'm looking for that build up again. I'm reminiscing about like how awesome that Green Goblin storyline and the build up was towards that. And then, you know, the build up towards 200 also to where, and of course it takes a little bit of time to form it, but like looking at the last few issues, I don't know what it's building towards. And that leaves me kind of disappointed. Like, I don't know whether they're just keeping it episodic and just each issue you know, it just has like a kind of cool story. This was kind of mm-hmm. like a two-parter or whether or not this is building towards like a bigger storyline or not, but I'm missing out a little bit. I want to say this is the first time on Chronicles that we've encountered Dave Michelini. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's Correct. been on the Spidey. His, I think so. His work on Spidey is going to echo for decades. I, if, I would not, have... if not forever, <laughs> because he, right. he writes some really important stuff in the 90s. I think this might be his first work on Spider-Man, and that kind of excited me. Early yeah. 80s into the 90s. Yep. Not early, excuse me, late 80s into the 90s. You're absolutely correct. I was going to say, it was a name that I struggled with trying to pronounce, so obviously... If <laughs> you didn't do bad. Clue. You didn't do bad. The only reason I know is that once upon a time in the late 80s, early 90s, someone asked in the letters column how you pronounce it, uh-huh. and they wrote back, it rhymes with pickle my knee. So it's Michelinie. Michelinie. I've heard Van's podcast where he's. Yeah, Van's buddies with him. When I saw the book, I was like, should I reach out to Van to reach out to Michelinie for us to get him on the show? (laughs) We'll try to make that happen, folks. Yeah, that'd be cool. And uh, Delvin, I do agree because with you on the fact that trying to figure out where they're going with this, I was expecting for like another more story to go on instead of it ending it like it did. I was hoping. I mean, and it's. It's possible that the entire point of it was just to introduce the black cat yeah, as yeah. a potential, if not slightly disturbing, love interest of Spider-Man. Not yes. Peter Parker, of Spider-Man's. Maybe. What I wanted to say is, talking about the black cat, one of the highs I liked about this was the character building that was being done with her. We saw it in the last issue a little bit. Now we get a little bit more with her special powers now that she has with the, the cat that shows up and then everything else just gets out of luck to see that happening it was very interesting to see. And they just, haven't really talked about that yet. They're just kind of like, huh? Well, Spidey brings it up though. Happen. Yeah. yeah. Spidey brings it up. She kind of brings it up, but they don't really discuss what it is. Just kind of like bad luck. Things just seem to happen when the black cat wants them to. And I he love- makes a comment in the story where he says, um, sometime I'm going to figure out how you do that or how you use that power. So like, it, yeah. it suggests that there is some sort of, I don't know, mutant ability or something. I think I mentioned it last time, a little bit like long shot maybe, but instead of mm-hmm. him getting mm-hmm. good luck, she gives bad luck. I don't know. No. 
I still love how they're doing it artistically by yeah. putting a cat shadow behind when things go wrong. So, yep, I love it almost as much as I love Delvin's mom's macaroni and cheese. And speaking of Delvin's mom, <laughs> welcome to the chat. Hello, the Dame Deborah Smith. <laughs> now we got to be on our best. <laughs> now I can't cuss anymore. <laughs> Darn it. Oh, thank you for joining us. It's so good to have you here. Let's go ahead and go into round two. And we'll start off with Jason again. Well, Jared kind of touched on mine. I like the art, artistic rendering of the black cat or when she uses her powers, the little cat shadow. I think that is neat. I hate to do it, but I guess I'll go and give a, a second low. I, I just didn't like how the story ended in the portrayal of black cat. She just seems crazy. And I'm not as familiar with Black Cat as I'm sure Delvin is, but from what I've seen of her in the more modern comics, she is a free spirit, to be sure. And she is sometimes ally, sometimes quasi-nemesis to the heroes, usually Spider-Man, but others Mm -hmm. as well. But this really just makes her seem sad at the end. And I just didn't like that feeling. Uh, especially since this is our first introduction of Black Cat. I'll just leave it there. I feel that. I, I thought there could have been more build-up for her as well, too. And speaking on that kind of a character, the other girl in here, I thought there was going to be a little bit more movement with her, or at least, you know, just not find it out. Oh, I'm just trying to get sweet on Peter to find out some, you know, get some test notes or something like that. I was like, Really? You could have strung this out a little bit more, you know, make him really get hard. Yeah, she didn't waste any time on that. Like, she thought she had her in and she took it. So, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. I'll it's not really in defense, but, you know, every new character. And of course, we know at this point, Black Cat's been around for what, you know, 40 years. Right. Mm -hmm. You guys were mentioning build up. This is the build up. So. At the opening phase of her entry into Spidey, she was and kind of, you know, cat thief, cat burglar. And then like now she has or she has discovered that she has an intense love affair going on with Spider-Man, even though it may or may not be reciprocated at this point. So this is still kind of not still kind of this is literally the buildup. And this is our first introductions to the black cat. So. She definitely goes through a few iterations. Sometimes she is a bitter enemy. Sometimes she's a staunch ally. That's where she is right now in 2022, by the way. But this is kind of her going through her paces. And so I can understand feeling a little bit sad about it because, yeah, she definitely seems like she had the crazy hots for Spidey almost irrationally. But it's safe to say that she gets more interesting character arcs going in the future. Mm. I'm interested in seeing what comes of the black cat down the road. And as we are on the ground floor with her right now to see how that unfolds, it is interesting from when we saw her like issues back when she first showed up, I thought it was really cool. Jason Keene says in the chat, odd, but the Dawn star relationship distracted him quite a bit, kind of a creepy, cringy worthy vibe to it. And yeah. I think so. I, I was thinking so much more for her with the name of Dawn Star. I was like, man, this kind of catchy name. What's going to become of her? Obviously nothing. nothing. <laughs> like Apparently she's going to flunk out of college because she yeah. didn't get the answers of those tests. 
Jared, you got a high, low, or what the? I've got a key rock, Your Honor. I will be a defense attorney uh, for this book, even though I don't disagree with what anybody said. I, it's almost like I feel bad for Michelinie because, like I said, this is his first book that we've shown up on Chronicles. So I think this is his first Amazing Spider-Man book, period. I'd bet money on it. And uh, I feel like the editors did a disservice to him. I feel like, you know, I'm sure he was excited. Oh, right an Amazing Spider-Man. And, and I feel like they just went, you know, just wrap this up. Just wrap it up. This wrap everything up in this issue. We got some other things we want to do. I mm. think that's what they told him. Like Jason and we've all alluded to. It's just kind of like the the end of this Black Cat saga. Her initial push wasn't like pow. It was like yeah. oh, okay, okay. I just ooh. I don't even think Marvel knew yet that they wanted to invest in Black Cat. I'm certain when they started getting letters afterwards, people got in on Black Cat. That's when they decided to put more investment in her. I think it. This point in Marvel history, what we're looking at right now in 1980, I think they would be just happy to, just to be done with her, to be like, okay, that was the Black Cat story. Let's move on. Um, and we all know it didn't work out that way. But I, I just feel bad that it landed on sort of a legendary Spidey writer to like, like here, <laughs> put some glitter on this turd and let's call it a day, you know? <laughs> Not that it was a turd. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It was just kind of paint by numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you definitely don't have to defend michelini he's a spider-man legend even i know some of the story arcs that that he wrote i think you hit the nail on the head it just seemed really odd to bring him in wrapping up this tale that he didn't generate Mm -hmm. and it seems like yeah maybe the editors and just got bored with the story and and said let's (laughs) let's end it here (laughs) there's still good stuff in the story so i don't want to i feel kind of bad because i've done two lows and that's not not like me, but but mm-hmm. those were two of the kind of standout things. Sure. I'll add something that kind of puts a little happy spin on all of it. And this can serve as my high in second round. I thought it was cool how uh, Spidey handled the situation humanely. Because, yes, he is a little bit sweet on uh, Black Cat. and he And they've shown that so far where he's almost just like, you're perplexed, like, wait a minute, you're you're the bad guy. Wait, you just planted one on me. I'm really turned on. What am I supposed to do? But at the same time, when she kind of declared her intentions, he could have still been like, ha, 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 crazy lady, I'm taking your hot butt straight to jail, and instead decided to be human about it and said, no, okay, I'm, I'm going to play along with this and try and keep it under control, you know, possibly because he's sweet on her, but I think more possibly because he just kind of sees her as a little a bit of a tragic figure who had like you know her dad passed away and everything and maybe she's trying to do right and so maybe he sees it as an opportunity to steer her in the right direction so i i kind of liked that it ended the way it did definitely if if he goes another way with that and he's cruel she'll probably go down the straight up villain route yeah Mm -hmm. so it was it was a strategically smart move I think it's interesting you have with Dawn and with Felicia, you have the two opposites kind of happening to Peter. One is one girl is just trying to, you know, after him, could likes him, but for evil reasons. The other one is doing evil stuff, but for a more heartfelt reason, I guess, you know? Yeah, one's infatuation, the other's manipulation. Yeah, yeah. and I, I liked that, and I liked... Like you said, Jared, how Peter handled it at the end was a lot better. And 
Devil's mom is right. Spider-Man is a gentleman. That gentleman's going to find his way to HR uh, if anybody finds out about that little relationship. He was- <laughs> yeah, he, he, probably, he probably should have done that thing with the uh, with the TA. And even though she planted one on him, it seemed like, okay, thanks for that. Uh, see you later now. Bye-bye. <laughs> There's a TA, TNA joke in there somewhere, but I don't yeah. have it together yet. But the pieces are there for everybody. <laughs> I've got it, but we can't really say it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you take, built take it. The T, the, take the T to A, you put them together. I, I'm, I'm not helping the situation. <laughs> Keep going. Let's get yeah. out of this, Pat. Let's go. So uh, speaking about uh, Jason Keene in the chat has, I think Michelini came back to the Black Cat and defined her luck powers later on. So I hope so. Her most recent series written by Jed McKay okay. is Top Notch. So... Very cool. Thank you, Jason, for some more interesting information. And not, several not people in Jason. The- Jason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I just have bits. I don't have really info. That's what's really space. messing me up. I don't know. Is it Jason? Is it not Jason? It's like he throws us off with these. If different- he provides some actual helpful knowledge, uh, it's the other Jason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, does anybody have anything else? Devin, do you have anything else to add? Nah. All right. Then I think with that, let's go ahead and get to the silly Spidey moment for this issue. Jason, what's your pick for silly Spidey in this one? I forgot to write down what page it is. And I admit that it's because I'm a 51-year-old man with the emotional intelligence of a junior high school. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) But when Don says, I got a basket full of goodies (laughs) for that that picnic. I just started laughing. So I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) You have a basket full of goodies. If we could get away with playing a sound clip, but we put some Sierra's My Goodies right here. It's like, what what, what goodies? And what picnic? I'm just, I'll I'll stop now. All right. Delvin, what's your silly Spidey? It wasn't nice, but like when... Black Cat was stringing that last like rich person along, and and she just called she called the dude Pudge. Yeah, that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> Do you know how fat you have to be? Someone just calls you Pudge. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I was like, that is like that's not nice, but it made me laugh. So I. I I'm not proud, but that's what I went with. I am not either. I'm, I'll join you on that one. That one gave me a little, you know, I like it when Spidey does call people just fun, fun names that you would just, I know it's not nice to say, but it just, a, a like, word like. Fun, fun names that chum or, you, you know, more, yeah. more emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> I got a bit though. I mean, cause, cause old boy was just like, he I don't know. A, he, he thought he was getting, it was his lucky day. I yeah. keep thinking back to that first X-Men movie where Magneto tells that guard, never trust a beautiful woman, especially one that seems like she's interested in you. So he should have heeded that advice, I think. Jason Kane adds that Delvin and Pat were skinny kids. You're half right on that. Yeah, I was totally. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was I was not. They, they thought I was going to be a, a short, pudgy guy. And all of a sudden I grew like... <laughs> <laughs> Four or five inches when I got 12 years old. And you know, this isn't Delvin Chronicles. Let's keep it moving. I was so thin in school, they wouldn't let me go out on the recess in a, on a windy day. I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it 
All right. Well, I I nearly did a spit take. That was good. That's good. Uh, let's go ahead and Jarrett, what's your silly spiting? Uh, mine was Pudge. Pudge too, yeah. You know, and then Jason doubled back and gave like the reason that mine was Pudge, even after Delvin uh, said Pudge. Like everybody took every part of what I was going to say. Because to me, it wasn't oh, the name Pudge, although that's what was the catalyst. It was the fact that he thought he was doing so well. Yeah. yeah. He's like, <laughs> and, and the smooth. Pudge was just the rug pole right out from under his feet. He's like, I got the thing I wanted. This girl's about to change her clothes for me. Today is my day. Oh. <laughs> it's not. No, it's so, not. Now nah, you can't resist the pudge. You can't resist the pudge. You can't resist the pudge. And I just got a, I'm going to combine two things together. Spider-Man and Sherlock Holmes TV series. Go on. And you have two words, but it's going to be one. Pudgely. <laughs> That's sludgely. We get it, Pat. We do. Yeah. It was a lot of shit. This group, the three of us on this <laughs> and the mics with you get it. <laughs> Punch, uh, all right. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to the ratings for this issue. But before we go, I see that Jason Keen, the other Jason, made a comment. He says, I love the cab slash bus scene that he yells for the bus. I have to go back and yeah, that's what he got the cab stolen from him. So then he yeah. had to yell oh. and chase the bus. So yeah, I, oh, sure. I, I picked up on that one too. That was earmarked as my funniest moment until the pudge moment, and I was like, "That's just that guy went from from sixty to zero <laughs> real fast." No, he was like, "Ooh," <laughs> and he had then he had to clean up all the mess that they just made in this house. Man, <clears throat> all right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the ratings for this issue. As a reminder. It's a one through five rating. Five as you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you, oh, I was going to say it turned you into a baby, but it didn't. It <laughs> ruffled your tummy feathers. I'm oh. so excited. I want my tummy feathers smooth. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. I like it when my tummy feathers don't mess with my pudgely. <laughs> You brought it. You brought it back. Good job. <laughs> let's go ahead and find it. Out. Let's go ahead and find out Delvin one through five on this. Middle of the road, three yeah. story, but I do like Black Cat, and um, I didn't mind this iteration of her. I don't mind the story at all. Just wanted to trend towards some build up that I haven't seen quite yet. All right, Jason, one through five. I know that I've been kind of cruel to this issue today but i am at a three i did like it i thought the action sequences were pretty good the art was good keith did a solid job it was Mm -hmm. serviceable at the end of the day i kind of liked peter just in this messed up relationship moment it hasn't been so long ago that he fell out of that relationship with mary jane and you know he's just a guy that's you know he's searching he's not in a good space and he's not making good choices but at the end of the day delvin and well all three of you summed it up really well he did the heroic thing for no. for black cat so i thought it did a really good job of just showing the human side of peter parker as he's trying to deal with relationship issues and not handling them very well but at the end he steps up and makes a, a heroic choice so so anyway that's a long-winded way of me saying a three so you're saying you're going with three okay Jared. Where are you at? One through five. Joe November was here. Yeah, two point five. Mm, you know, I'm, but, I'm I'm feeling you on that, but he's not. Mm-hmm. So I have to make a decision, and I'm going to push it to a three for two reasons. One, my boy Pollard 
Tense the book all by himself. <laughs> so good for you, Keith. I gave you a rash of crap for it. Number two, and I can't believe it took me this long to bring it up. Uh, the Abbott Costello references with the museum cops at the, <laughs> at the beginning for an old school I film. Thought me. That was, I thought that was hitting at something, and yes. I didn't pick it up. Okay. Yeah, for an old school film buff like me, the Abbott Costello references oh. with the cops at the beginning at the museum you were know, pretty I good. Some, I thought something too. I'm like, yeah, that sounds familiar. Like these two. No, thank you. Oh, I'm happy to. I thought we all picked up on that. I'm happy to add the layer. There's Abbott Costello references, everybody, at the beginning. And I just now remembered it. So, yeah, I'll give it. All right. Well, I am going to agree with you guys, too. I was at a two and a half, but, you know, it was passable. I wanted something more, but I'm going with three. So, we are now knocking on the door again at the Three's Company. We've met at. I will say the word. <laughs> that was pretty good. Actually, you guys Thank did a you. good duo. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, that's going to bring us to an end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. You can also leave us a voicemail that we just might play on the show. Leave us a message at 707-532-5269. Jared, what's that number? 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone! Pick it up. Pick it up. Just gave up the enthusiasm. And with that, we will be right back. Justice League International, Bwahaha Podcast, a monthly show chronicling the adventures of the JLI era by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis. We started with the very first issue, and our coverage goes all the way through breakdowns. We're going issue by issue in release order, tackling two comics per episode, both a Justice League America issue and a Justice League Europe issue. Now, along the way, we're also taking time out for special episodes covering the quarterly book, interviews with various comic book creators, discussing the plethora of spin-off series, cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and more. And when we're all done, we'll wrap up our coverage by looking at the 2003 and 2005 stories formerly known as the Justice League, and I can't believe it's not the Justice League. So join me in an ever-changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as... Batman. Martian Manhunter. Captain Atom. Fire. Ice. Rocket Red. The Flash. The Elongated Man. Maxwell Lord. Elrond. Power Girl. Renard de Rousse. I mean, Crimson Fox. Guy Gardner. Metamorpho. Booster Gold. Blue Beetle. Nort. Justice League International Bwahaha Podcast. Part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Want to make something of it? Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and get in on all the access, I'm talking all the access, just head on over to patreon.com for as little as $1 a month, you can join us and search for Longbox Crusade to join us. We'd love to have you. With that, let's get into the featured episode for this episode. 
It's a lot of episodes, but anyway. It is Captain America number 246. Credits again are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of June 1980, but its on-sale date was March 11, 1980. Cover price is 40 cents. Editor was Jim Salakrup. Writer is Peter B. Gillis. Penciler is Jerry Brigham. Inker is Al Gordon. Letterer is James R. Novak. And colorists go to Bob Sharon. This was reprinted in Essential Captain America Volume 7, trade paperback, or on the Marvel Masterworks Volume 309, Captain America Volume 13 hardcover. Cover credits go to Penciler, George Perez, and Inker, Terry Austin. Yeah, I saw the like George Perez, that's really cool to see this. And speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get a cover description from Jerry. The Marvel Comics group banner is pink with black letters. The Captain America logo is its usual red, white, and blue with black highlights. Cap is running in his orange corner box. The main action shows Cap getting kicked in the face by Joe? I think it's just Joe. Anyway, it's an orange and green clad villain kicking Cap not only in the face, but off the top of a subway. The cover blurb runs across the bottom, says, Sins of the Father. And with bringing back sound effects covers, I need Jason on that sort of constant train moving sound. Pat, you're on what Joe might be saying. Delvin, you're on what Cap might be saying. Three, two, one, go. This is what happens when people don't buy tickets for the bus. Last time you get on the train, I'm tired of being... For real? They're jobbing me out to this dude? I'm Captain of... America. I, I don't care if this was 40 years ago. Just because you carry a shield, you think you can just walk around this place and get on the bus anytime you want to get on the bus. I'm Steve Rogers. I got blonde hair. Oh. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Jason, I had a wrong thing coming out for a minute. no tuttle, train coming the other way. That was all good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's rough when you get to uh, have to be in a fight for your life against uh joe joe (laughs) getting kicked in the face by super villain who doesn't really have a super villain name (laughs) so let's go ahead and get some quick cover thoughts and we will start with delvin there's not really much to say about the cover i mean if anything it looks like there's a captain america and a joe action figure (laughs) that were used and posed and kind of put on top of like a static background it's not the greatest cover like nothing wrong with it necessarily but like it, it's a little dull to me. I, I wish I had more to say than that. But that's really all I got, Jason. What do you think? I'm kind of glad to hear you say that because I was really hesitant to speak negatively about a George Perez cover. George Perez is one of the greatest artists of all time, one of my favorite artists. But I agree. When I looked at this, number one, the perspective between the train and the characters seemed to be not lined up, and I was thinking, you said action figures. I was thinking like the color form sets from back in the day. It's kind of like when you have the background and you can just kind of splat those uh, characters on any way you want. That's what it looked like to me was like a set of color forms on background. I will say I do like the Captain America title, the red, white, and blue. I think that's really colorful, really cool. You can definitely see the George Perez influence on the train and the environment. Uh, Highly detailed. That looks good. But... You're right. It just seems 
just not dynamic, uh, I guess. And that's, that's all I'll say about that. I'll pass it to you, Pat. I do agree with you guys as well, too. I do think the beauty in this or the better parts in this is the detail in the train, the rail, some of that detail that's being done here. Just I tried looking through all that's written on the, the graffiti and that that's on the subway car there. There's so many different things and so many different people's names on there that I was trying to pick out. And I'm sure there's probably tons of stuff that I'm not seeing or, you know, could describe. So I got to give it to that. You know, that's a lot of detail to do that kind of a work. Jarrett, what are your thoughts? I honestly thought I was going to be the torpedo on this one, but I guess I'm not. I mean, this to me is a borderline bad cover. Uh, And I did not know it was George Perez until you read it on the show just moments ago. But unfortunately, because even though it's George, I can't change it. It it, is a borderline bad cover for a myriad of reasons. (laughs) All right. We've talked about how the figures are stiff, very stiff, not fluid. We've talked about how they are out of scale. Even if you take those guys down and put them through that door, Cap and Joe here are like like 10 feet tall. They're literally 10 feet tall. Mm -hmm. They are too big in proportion to what else is going on. The pink Marvel Comics group banner across the top. Why? why it is so distracting uh, color choice the orange background for captain america i will give a break to since there's orange in joe's costume but i don't like that either i i just don't i don't like any of it now what i will agree with and I, and jason keen said in the chat so i'm stealing from him once again the background is gorgeous and i totally agree and one of my co-hosts here have already mentioned where you see george Perez in this is in the background I don't need George Perez in the background. I need George Perez in the foreground. Uh, you can draw the most beautiful background in the world, but if your figures aren't to scale and they're not dynamic, it's just bad. I'd rather have good, dynamic, scaled fighters and no background than what we got here. This is, I, I hate to say, I love George Perez. I mean, who doesn't love George Perez? He's one of mm-hmm. the greatest to ever do it. And oh, by the way, Terry Austin is one of the greatest inkers to ever do it. Yeah, that's uh, a lot. So I Listen. legitimately feel bad. I think they were given a short short deadline here i wouldn't even be surprised if basically george had spent a lot of time on that background and this ended up being some kind of an overlay where he was like oh crap we're about out of time let me just draw these guys fighting real quick and let's just overlay it on my really good background or if you came up to me and said somebody else drew the figures and they put it over george's background as an overlay george didn't even draw i believe you Hmm. so that yeah it is a it is not a great cover i don't like the color choices don't like the stiffness i love the background but that's it yeah i think it's the play on the colors here that really throw off a lot of it as well too but with that let's go ahead and get to some cover ratings for this issue it's a one through five five as you loved it four really liked it three just liked it two didn't like it and one you hated it so ooh, i'm kind of not sure where we're going to go. So <laughs> let's go ahead and find out it, and find out what it, where, what it's going to be. We'll start with Delvin. Eesh. I, I'll be that dude. It's a two. It's just simply not the greatest cover. And I was asked, uh, Jason Kane and asked, was it a, uh, is, is that a legit martial arts kick? Eh, I mean, it's a front kick, but like, usually if you're kicking with your front foot, your opposite you're like your same side arm is going down to counterbalance. Like that kick would pro- most likely <laughs> propel him off of <laughs> the subway train. So it's not even that of a kick. So it, it's a front kick, but not a very good one. So yeah, it, it's a two. Jason, 
I just don't have it in my heart to give George Perez a two. I'll give it a three, but it's a name recognition three, and I'll leave it at that. I myself am going to give it a three as well, too. I think what really kept me involved in it was the detail. I spent minutes upon minutes just kind of trying to read through the graffiti that's on the subway that uh, it kept me interested in, in wanting to figure out some names and things like that. So I'll give it a three. Jared, what's your thoughts? I'm going to go with Delvin on the two, and it's okay. really hard. I, I feel much like Jason. I, I, I don't feel good about it because it's George Perez. But again, I gorgeous backgrounds are wonderful. But if your foreground action isn't happening, I just I don't care. Sadly, I'm going to have to give this one a two. It's just not it's just not an interesting cover. And checking in with some of the people in the chat, we have Rick gives it a two. Jason Keene says the background saves it with a three. All right, with the cover description out of the way and the rating, let's go ahead and get a story synopsis from Jason. title of this issue is the sins of the fathers but since we're doing this live stream we're gonna do a synopsis by song and the song today is going to be called caps in a battle but it's sung to the tune of cats in a cradle by harry chapman caps friend josh had a bad day working with kids is how he earns his pay when one of those kids up and dies it's on cap's shoulder that josh cries his dad is pissed and he's really strong. He's beating up folks who did him wrong. Yeah, he's beating up folks who did him wrong. Chorus. Caps, Caps in the battle of the piss off guy. Politicians, Politicians cut, cut the funding, the funding and his, his kids, kids died. died. I just got my script up. Daddy's going to win All right, all right. Cap and Josh are both really broke. They're flea market shopping because their pay is a joke. But when Cap sees cops rushing downtown, he knows that it's time to throw down. He fights pissed off dad who goes toe to toe. Then he escapes out a window. Yeah, he escapes out a window. Chorus. Caps and in a battle with a pissed off guy. Tis got the money and his kid died. Gotta be consequence for cutting that cash. Daddy's gonna whoop that ass. Daddy's gonna whoop that Cap and Angry Dad go for round two on the train when Angry Papa tries to crush a dude's brain. The two fighters battle like lions when Angry Dad breaks down crying. My kid's dad and my wife left me too, but it's sure nice fighting with you. Yeah, sure nice fighting with you. Chorus for the last time, bring it. All the energy. 
caps dancing. <laughs> yeah, we got the pissed off, off guy. Politicians cut the funny. No, let money can't die. I'm about to cut that cash. Daddy's got a whoop that Yeah. Daddy's got a whoop that And that's the synopsis. My, my mom's watching this, by the way. Mom. Yeah, I, I saw her lull it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't you know, know how they, long it took you to do that. They say brevity is the source of all wit, but it's not. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> uh, well, Jason. like a good idea on paper. What are you talking yeah. about? This is a great idea on paper. <laughs> Ew, he wrote three verses. <laughs> We need people in the chat to rate that on a scale of one to five. <laughs> See now, five Del, you I it. think your mom is directing that comment to you. Energy, energy. That's what I needed from you. Energy. <laughs> we're gonna do it again. That's it. No, no, no. I think we're good. I think we're good. I th- we, we got it on one take. Uh, one take is all we need. Uh, you want to hear a very special version? Make sure you become a Patreon member, and you can do that by Patreon.com for one dollar a month. You'll get all the access, even all the access of Jason's song. Well, the scores are coming in. We got five from Jason Keene. Rick gave us a three. This is all mad generous, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that five is from the heart. Okay, I think it gives it like four songy song things, maybe. I, I think that I think that five inconclusively proves that Jason Keene is Jason. <laughs> <laughs> The link is I was waiting established. for it. I was waiting for somebody to connect the dots. That illusion bumped now, If the guys had brought more energy on the chorus, would that have bumped it up to a five? Because I think the lyrics were dead on. We'll the probably lyrics were good. Get, I, I was agree. laughing at the lyrics. I, I like the lyrics. They were. We probably really won't good. even get to play it because we're, we're going to get flagged by. <laughs> yeah, they're going to think for sure that that's the real deal. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to the bric-a-brac for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? Mr. Spoiler, Jarrett, first read or reread? Uh, this one's a first read for me. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm still uh, I'm still recovering from that song, though, so just give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Delvin, first read, reread. Signs that my mother is a beautiful person. Says the verses were great. Jason got a five. Mm. You can use more energy on the background. I agree. Oh. You know, Pat. Jerry yeah. could have had much more energy. Me, I tried. And that comment clearly falls under the don't encourage him banner. <laughs> She's encouraging him. Any comment would have encouraged him anyway. <laughs> no comment would have encouraged me, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, uh, first read for me. First read. Jason, first read, reread. It's a first read for me as well. And it's a first read for me. You know, we're better at this song. <laughs> it's a reading there we go that's a jam right there that's what you know the only thing we're missing is glennis no glennis in these i wish we had that yeah anyway Let's go ahead and get to some high-lows for this issue. And we'll start with Jason. You got a high-low. I'm going to go with a high coming out of the gate. One of the things I really enjoyed about this book was the villain. I know we've been joking because his name's Joe, 
but apparently he's been around in the Spider-Man world for a little while. And I just appreciate this old Marvel stuff where they bring characters back into the stories. So you really get the feeling that it's, it's a contained universe. I kind of miss that. And I felt really sad for Joe in the story as well. I just thought I could understand him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cap had to stop him, of course, but just a combination of having somebody that's like a nobody from that's coming off of somebody else's book, but just having this level of complexity and emotion uh, for the villain, something you just don't really see quite as often in today's comic books. And I really appreciated that. Very cool. Delvin, high, low, or what the? I like the story. Uh, and I was surprised at that. You know how sometimes you get that big character like Cap is a big character and you get that lineup. I, I looked across like the the penciler and the writer. I was like, who the H are these guys? Never heard of them at all. Period. And I've been reading comic books for a while, and I don't know who these guys are at all. Couldn't tell you anything else that they wrote or drew ever. And there's a story. So I came in with low expectations, but the story was kind of like that slice of life story that kind of could apply in any generation. It certainly could apply now. And so I found myself really pleasantly surprised by the story. And for that matter, the artwork was good too. I thought like the sto- both story and art were really, really good. So I was very pleasantly surprised at the story overall. I agree. I just want to do a quick what the, and you guys can help me out on this one. Does nobody know Steve Rogers name? You know, Steve Rogers, Captain America. It's not associated in this no. at this time. No, this okay. time is secret. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, for some time, they did two things, which now in Cap continuity, you laugh at. One, Steve Rogers was a secret identity. Two, they attempted to establish like some sort of personality with that Steve Rogers alter ego. Who the hell cares? It's (laughs) Captain America. If I were Captain America, I would walk around all the time in my uniform. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm Cap. I'm really cool. Look at me. I got a shield, y'all. Like, I would. Steve Rogers. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> okay, yeah. I was, I was kind of questioning. Like, this is weird, but interesting as well, too. I'm like, just kept trying to be street level guy and just, you know, enjoying himself out there. They tried it. They tried it for decades. That's just really not who Captain America is. It really no, I, I think you're right. I think he's he needs to just be boom. I'm Captain America. Here's who I am. Jared, you got a high, low, or what the? I'm going to tack on to that, and then I'm going to give it a high. My tack on is it's kind of funny that you should say that because I distinctly remember a Superman comic where Lex Luthor hired a brain trust to try to figure out you know, who Superman was and like as much as they could about him. Like, where did he live and all that stuff? And they came back, and they told him he's Clark Kent. And he was like, no, Superman doesn't pretend <laughs> to be somebody else, which is exactly what we're saying here about <laughs> Captain Rogers. Like, he's he's... No, he's clearly Superman 24 hours a day. And that's kind of what we're saying about Steve Rogers. He's kind of the same mold, you know? <laughs> anyway, I thought it was amusing. My other high is yep. freaking yard sales, man. <laughs> Cap <laughs> goes straight up popping tags in this episode. And I'm here for it. <laughs> like, heck yeah, yard sales. Let's go. 
And he's an artist, so he's the yeah, he's I, a, I, the art sale artist. I, I did know that that was like his um, cover because that allowed him to hmm. carry the big portfolio around. Yeah, yeah interesting. With the, with the shield hmm. in it, it's kind of lost in the sort of Marvel modern mythos because of uh, you know the MCU. But growing up, I always yeah, Captain America is Steve Rogers, and what's he do? He's an artist. I always knew that. Like that, that's what he does. But uh, that kind of really faded and just kind of went away, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But no, it was definitely cool to see him yard sale and popping tags. I'd be very interested in that stereo that they were looking at. Mm-hmm. Retro stereo <laughs> equipment sells really well these days, just in case you guys are wondering. Yeah, I could see Jared like trying to jump into the panel and talk that guy down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I thought it was great that I got to see one of my favorite superheroes uh, go yard sailing with his buddy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get into round two. Jason, hi, low or what the? I'm gonna keep going with the high. I I appreciate the Captain America tales back in this time where Captain America is really trying to figure out this new America that he's living in. He's trying to earn a living as an artist. He's making friends with guys like Josh. He's part of the city. I like how they bring the city and make it part of the character, part of the story. They have actual places that that these folks go, mm-hmm. it just kind of breathes, you know, some Americana into the, into the story in, in ways that uh, I think other comics don't. And I really appreciated that. I, I thought that it was, uh, it's something that you can kind of go back and look at and go, yeah, 1980 New York city. This is kind of what it was like. It's almost like a little time capsule with a superhero thrown in. Mm-hmm. And the other Jason Keen is agreeing with you. So obviously two minds think alike. Mm, that was a surprise. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> one, one, one mind all often thinks one alike. <laughs> Delvin, high, low, or what the? Trying to even think of anything else to really add. I did think that the super villain was a little bit OP. Sure. Overpowered for like anybody who isn't a comic book nerd. But I'll add an additional high and say that I appreciate it Cap's humanity. And mm-hmm. it's it was very similar to what to what Peter Parker displayed in that he had every opportunity. And there were a couple of times where when it seemed like either Cap's life or civilians' lives were in danger, where he turned into the soldier. But overall, that sense of humanity was there, especially when he found out about Joe's story and why Joe was so incredibly sad. And what he decided to do at the end, all of that made for a really good story. And it definitely made me appreciate that someone who is as much of a soldier as Captain America is and can dismantle a man or superpower villain in any number of ways, he chose the most peaceful way possible to handle the situation. And to me, that's admirable. That's a nice way of putting it. I think uh, the story was, I wasn't sure what we were getting into. As you start reading it, but then at the end, it really came through for me. And I wanted to add my high, I guess, is with Joe, the character. It's a callback to a Spider-Man, I don't want to say villain or somebody that Spider-Man fought. And it said it in the notes here, back to Spider-Man number 39. Mm -hmm. This character goes all the way back. And so I like that they brought him forward into this and the background that they gave on Joe and, you know, what he went through and then starting the life and then having, you know, finding out he, you know, gets a girl, does all this stuff and starts a family. Just really, I like that character moment that 
was built up here and from a character from, you know, what are we in 205? So, you know, 39. Yeah. That's years. cool. Yeah. Isn't, I mean, and that's a legitimate reason. Joe had legitimate reasons to be upset. Yeah, he does. Which, which often makes for the best villains. If it's a villain who like, I mean, sometimes you kind of like your villains like, nah, I'm a dude. I'm presented for the money and the chicks, dude. And, but in this case, like he had a legitimate reason to be angry and upset at the system. Mm -hmm. And I just, man, again, you're someone like Captain America who represents what the ideal of America is. And for him to show compassion towards that, I don't know, that, that rings really true to me. That That's really cool to me. Yeah. And that character was the Crimson Bat, which is interesting. Jert, Hilo or what the? Kind of a piggyback off like what Devin was saying. I've never heard of Peter Gillis before he wrote this. I'd literally never heard of him before. But I... I would happily plunk down a $10 bet that he's got military service because, um, you know, it goes along with what Delvin was saying. You know, Delvin, mm-hmm. Jason, and I were all military guys. And I know Delvin for over 25 years, Jason for over 45 years. And neither of one of us, none, none of the three of us, ever want to hurt anybody. Nobody wants to. I know I'm going a little deep here, but sometimes it makes me sad that sometimes the perception of the military is they're warmongers and they just want to hurt people. We've known people like that in service. And the people that are like that in service are the people that nobody else likes them. We don't like those people. Yeah, they're jerks. They're a-holes. If you look forward to going and hurt people, we don't like you and generally look for ways to get you out of service. I just feel like Peter got that in this story. Just to, again, Captain America, the, the best of us out there showing that front and center. I don't want to hurt anybody. I mm-hmm. Nobody. I just don't. And I thought that was super cool. Super, super cool. Uh, I, I know I'm basically echoing what, what Delvin said, but I think it was just worth worth the point. I do want to fight that stigma that military people just like to go kill people and break things. No, we, we really don't. We, nobody, Last resort. No, yeah. nobody wants peace more than a soldier is an old saying that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I, will, I, I do want to shift gears real quick. There was one other thing that caught my eye I wanted to mention. Oh, again, compliments to Peter Gillis. Somebody mentioned in the chat, I think it was Jason King that Joe's costume design is very toyetic. It looks like it's easy to make a toy out of. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look terribly goofy or stupid, but it's kind of toyish. What Peter did that was brilliant that made Joe scary is Joe doesn't say anything. Yeah. Joe just does what he does. Like he's like, I'm here, I'm on a mission. You know, he's basically 100% rage at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think when he finally does say something, he says to Cap, help me. Just- yeah, that's what made this one very moving. Is you can just, you know, him not saying anything. It was like, oh, wow, this guy it, really is. It made him scary. Over the edge, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's like I, a Terminator Because you, you get to a point. Think about that. Like, I mean, we have all, and oh, yeah. any, any adult has had a point where they're frustrated with whatever the system is. And sometimes you just get so fed up, you're, you're done with words. I don't have any words. I got nothing but just like kinetic action for this whole situation so yeah again very very realistic shockingly good book i'm glad the crusaders club yeah. members picked yeah it. <laughs> exactly I, I wasn't sure getting into it but then i read it i'm like oh this was really good story I'm, I'm down with it why don't we go and find out who you would like to tip your cap to <laughs> I just thought of that one. I was, I was like, is this because you're teaching me to read the script? Because I don't remember seeing it. I just came up with that. I saw a lot of confused looks. So I was like, I'm glad it's not just me. Well, well done, Pat. Thank you. Good one, Pat. Good one. <laughs> well, Jason, who would you tip the cap to? 
in this issue. I, I'm sure we we may probably all choose the same guy, but I'm going to go with Josh. I oh, think okay. Josh is like one of those unsung heroes. His nine to five, he gets up every day. He works with kids that have uh, certain challenges, uh, many of whom are not expected to live past, you know, their teenage years. And he gets up and he does it every day. And, you know, and even Cap says maybe the world could use fewer Captain Americas and more yeah. Josh, whatever his name is. So probably <laughs> they probably don't. <laughs> so they probably don't. <laughs> I need some more Jasons. We already got two out there. So let's right. more Jasons out anyway, there. I thought uh, I thought Josh was a really cool character. I felt for him as well. I think, you know, it was obviously very emotional for for Josh, the story as well. So I got to tack on to what Jason was saying. Because that moment, I did kind of chuckle, too. Because I get Cap's sentiment. He said, this is a really great guy. We need more great guys. He was like, we need more of him and less Cap. I'm like, no, we need Cap. <laughs> it's just, at this point in the Marvel Universe, there's just one of you. <laughs> Trust me, we need you. <laughs> but uh, I get what he was saying. But I did chuckle when I read that line. Dylan, who are you going to tip of the cap to? I'll go ahead and give it the cap. I appreciated a soldier having the compassion that he did. And of course, it absolutely didn't hurt that, you know, he actually did rock his granddad's style. So, you know, <laughs> there, there's that part of it too, right? Well done, Jared. Jared bags reference. Jared, uh, yeah, I have been yeah. sitting on that <laughs> all episode and happy. came around to it. I'm, I'm so happy. That's $40 for a t-shirt. <laughs> No, 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 for real. Oh, man, getting tricked by a business. (laughs) (laughs) One man's trash is another man's come up. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Delvin, I'm going to tip my cap off as well to Captain America with you, just because the humanity that he shows here. I really, really like that. Jert? I'm going to go slightly mad and tip my cap to Peter Gillis, the surprise writer of the issue. Oh, there you go. For, for writing such a great cap, for writing a, a villain that could have been so forgettable and goofy, but by not giving him a ton of dialogue and just making him a man of emotion, I'm not going to forget him. I'm not going to forget Joe. No. But I also do agree with Jason, though. I think um, Josh is, is a great character. You know, mm-hmm. he's out there grinding every day. So yeah. excellent choice. Yeah, I think great choices all around. And speaking about, you used the word meta. Jason Keen also used the word meta in his comment in the chat. He said, I love the meta commentary on life. There's a reason I like you guys. And there's a reason we like you too, Jason. <laughs> Jason and Jason. Yes. Thank you. I'm pretty sure you're on the show. Right <laughs> I'm so confused, but thank you for your nice comments, Jason. Jason. Yes. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to the ratings for this issue. It's a one through five rating. Five is you loved it. Four, really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It was like 40 bucks for a pair of pants instead of $2. (laughs) Don't go over $2 for that, Pat. So, Jared, what are you going to give this? Oh, put me on the spot. I think it's going to be high scores for a lot of us. I'm going to put this at a solid four. I really liked it. You know how you get a five in a cap comic for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, he punches uh, the Red Skull, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, That's all it takes. But okay. I, I got to say, getting a four on an issue without a major villain or a major yeah. plot device is really impressive. So, yeah, a, a four with a cap salute on top. Mm. Jason. I'm with Jared on a four. I agree. This was obviously a standalone issue, probably a filler uh, between story arcs. And the writer artist went all out and they did a great story, a heartfelt story. 
And I still appreciate, as we talked about, them using an actual villain from way back when that they brought back and put into yeah. this. I mean, it would have been easy just to like, well, let's make up some dude that we can, some villain we can throw away and we'll never hear from again. But they actually did their homework, went back and connected the dots and had mm-hmm. a story that made sense and just made it that much more entertaining. So solid for from me. Mm-hmm. And your other half, Jason, agrees too as well in the chat. Jason King gives it a four. Delvin, where are you at? One through five. I think for all those reasons that uh, Jason gave, I'm going to give it a five. Ooh. And the reason I'm going to give it a five is because it absolutely perfectly encapsulated what Captain America is. And it did it in a way like it, and it did it that down to earth storyline that absolutely still applies 40 years later today about people possibly being frustrated with the system. And it did it in a way that wasn't insulting to anyone's intelligence. And it didn't lure Captain America in any way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it wasn't insult. It it just, to me, it it just was a very well done one and done story. So I'm going to give it that extra bump to a five. I thought it was fantastic. Show off. I was hoping. I was like, boom, boom. Jared, did I tell you about 75 hearts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Go ahead. Close it out. I went to 75andhard.com, and it, it was a whole. <laughs> One of those pills coming in the mail. <laughs> it was not what I thought it was going to be. All right. Well, I'm going to give it a four. I really like this one. Um, just for all the reasons everybody else said, I was very surprised at what it came out to be. I thought it was going to be something different, a lot of wordiness, but it really wasn't overly wordy and the art was super great in it. I'm down with a four. And with that, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. You can also leave us a message on the voicemail line at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. Pick it up. Hey, this is Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents, and I just wanted to call to ask you guys if you're doing okay. That's what you told me to do. Pick up the phone. We will be right back. Where am I? In the Palace of Glittering Delights. Who are you? I am Andrew Leyland, and for over 200 episodes, I have covered everything genre-related, from the obvious things that everyone talks about, Star Trek, to deep dives into the early issues of The Amazing Spider-Man, via the obscure, such as ITC's experimental science fiction dramas The Champions or Department S. It's very cosmopolitan, you never know who you meet next. In the Palace of Glittering Delights... Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. Available from Two True Freaks and via your podcatcher of choice. Welcome back from the break. Get to the feedback part of our show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, shares, or retweets, all that stuff in a segment called Crusader's Comments. Crusader's Comments can be a little bit short this month because we're recording this episode before a couple of episodes. <laughs> Come on, yeah. we're, we're way yeah. ahead of schedule, so there are no comment, no new comments for us to read yet. Uh, we're kind of ahead of the game or behind the game. Uh, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> but uh, comments will return in a future episode for sure. We just are at a point where we, where we don't have any, but what we do have and what we are always thrilled to do 
is to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access and all the access. All the access. To the special long box episodes. <laughs> the way you say it makes me laugh. Uh, to the special long box episodes. They get to vote on show content. They voted on the Captain America comic that we read on this issue and we loved it. So good job, Crusaders Club. You guys put that content into action. They do all that and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Albert Elvis. Bill Bear. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. You know him as the Battle Wagon. Gary Viola. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Jason King. Jeremy L. I'll be more enthusiastic with my singing this time. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Where was that energy on my synopsis? <laughs> I just found it. I found it. It was lost. I just, I just found it. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Mark Ross. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. MVP Captivating Kathy Bright. MVP Captivating Paul Hick. P.D. Devins. Rick of Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Captain Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey 67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And Toronto Cop. Of course, we missed anyone on our list. We apologize. Just send us an email. Contact longboxcrusade.com. We'll square it all away. And if you want to join, once again, for as little as a dollar a month, just go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. If you really, really want to help us out, but you don't have a lot of money, can't come off that dollar a month, we get it. Gas is high. All you got to do is give us a review on your podcatcher of choice. You know, give us those five-star reviews, but more important, give us comments. And we love to track those comments down and put them on the show. Now, remember, speaking of comments, this is one of those shows where we're recording before several shows have come out yet. So we don't have any comments. They will be back, folks. I assure you. With that, I pass it back to Pat. All right. Well, that's the show. Be sure to check us out on the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Delvin, and everybody in the chat. Thank you all for joining us. Your comments, laughing along with us, crying along with us, singing along with us. Everything you do, we really appreciate it. But before we go, let's find out where we can find everybody on the internet. And let's start with Jared. I'm at 75 and hard duck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me do it. I wish I was 75 and could, <laughs> on, never mind. You know what? No, let's just stick that from the top. I am at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all at Yard Sale Artist. If you are interested in my artwares, you can check out www.theyardsaleartist.com where I do have several comic book art pieces to choose from. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Delvin. I'm on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1-9-7-7. Pat. Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat like the folks in the chat did and be entered to win some free stuff when we do some raffles and things like that, 
you can join us on our next episode of Doing It Live Stream on YouTube the second Sunday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Come and check it out and click all the likes and the buttons. Click all of it. That way you can get all the access by clicking it. You can get the notifications and all that. We would love, really love for you to do so. So thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question, leave us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page, all at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Oh, we're getting more than a story synopsis, Pat. I'm going to entertain these folks with a with a song. You all have the script, right? You got the script out? No. <laughs> well, get that script out. All why, right. Why don't you why don't you lead us off, Jason? And here's how it goes. All right. So when it comes to chorus, and I say chorus, and I highlighted it for you guys, all you gotta do is say, and you know how the chorus goes. Caps in a battle with a pissed off guy. Politicians cut the funding and his kid died. Gonna be consequences for cutting that cash. Daddy's gonna whoop that ass. Yeah. Daddy's gonna whoop that ass. Go ahead. I mean, you, you just sung it. You, you did it. Now we can insert it. But now we can insert it. It was a great <laughs> job. No, no. I need you, you three to sing it in unison. And I want some energy. Let's give it one try here on three. One, two, Three. Is it one, two, three, then go, or is it one, two, <laughs> and then on? on, on I got nothing three. else to do this this Sunday. Uh, Can we say born to race death? <laughs> born to <laughs> race death. I like that one. That was, that was a good one. Come on, guys. I think you should just have faith in us and just yeah, start yeah, this song yeah. and see what yeah. happens. We'll come in. All yeah. right. We're professionals. All right. So here we go. On three, two, one. And with that, I think we'll all give it a good goodbye, everyone. Thank you Bye, again everybody. for joining us. See you guys and girls. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Bye. guys. Everybody freeze.